Happy New Year, Queens. Hey, how you guys been? It's been a while. It's been since October, the season finale for um, season one. And I've missed you guys. I've missed you guys so much. I pray all is well. I pray that your year ended well. I pray that your new year um, begun even better. And I'm so excited for season two, y'all, of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast with your host, Janelle Renee. And we're going to get into it as usual. But I just wanted to tell you guys how much I missed you guys and that I'm so excited for this season because I believe this season is going to be so powerful. Um, I think we're just going to go to new levels, new dimensions. We're really going to walk in our freedom in 2022. We're, we're literally coming back. We're coming for everything that belongs to us. We're coming for our worth. We're coming for our freedom. We're coming for our healing. We're coming for our wholeness. We're coming for everything relentlessly. We're not holding back. We're not taking no prisoners. It's no game. We out here and we about to do this thing. And I hope y'all guys are with me. And so, yes, um, I just want to give you guys a little update of what's been going on um, in case you guys been wondering what I've been doing or why it's taking so long to do season two. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sure I wanted to do a season two. Um, You know, Season one was a lot. It took a lot for me to push season one out. It took a lot for me to step out in faith to do it. And um, I had an expectation. I hope that I would get like a lot of listeners, um, a lot of streams, because I really felt like it was God breathed. I felt like it was what the Lord had um, really um, assigned me to do. Like I didn't really want to do the podcast, to be honest, Not especially not about this, right? Not about purity after promiscuity. And again, for anyone who's new to the podcast, hey girl, um, all my fellow loyal listeners, what's up? <laughs> How y'all doing? Um, I appreciate you guys so much. You already know that y'all y'all just, you know, help keep me going. Y'all just continue to be a blessing to me every time you listen. So I don't take it for granted. You guys really was in, very impactful for me to keep going in the moments where I really just wanted to give up. Um, so I just want to shout out my loyal listeners, my new listeners and say, Hey girl, but, um, the title, you know, I don't want us to get caught up in words, right? Um, cause words are multifaceted and so is the title of this podcast and purity after promiscuity. Promiscuity, yes, is normally associated with sexual history. And for, to be honest, yes, this does has to do with that. However, um, as human beings, we all have been um, promiscuous when it comes to the Lord. Um, Any of us who are Christians and who have read our Bibles, we know that God often referred to Israel as an adulterer, an adulterous wife, right? She was unfaithful. She was like a prostitute, a harlot because um, Israel were his, was his ba- was his children his baby his people right the chosen people and he was supposed to be their only their only God but um, throughout history we see that Israel continued to turn to other gods they continue to um, indulge in different practices um, worship other gods um, to indulge in um, the paganistic um, religions that was around them, the very thing God warned them against. And so because they continue to practice idolatry and to um, and to uh, worship and sacrifice to these other gods, um, they were considered like 
adulterers because they were in a covenant with God, right? A covenant is just another word for marriage. It's a promise. It's an oath, right? It is a vow that they took. They agreed. They verbally agreed that they would be in this covenant with God. God would be their God. They would be his people. They would follow his commands. They would do what he says. So it was like they were married. They were. In a, they had a wedding. They, there was a ceremony. They agreed to it. Just like when two people at the altar, they, they agreed to, you know, the vows or they say they all vows, but then they say, I do. That is the agreement. That is the word that is now binding um, the vows that they're making. And they're agreeing to hold up their end of the bargain. Well, Israel did that with God. And even though they did that, um, as we see in the New Testament over and over again, um, they um, I don't know if they forgot or what happened, but um, they continue to break those vows by... Um, by going to other gods, lower G gods and deities and, and, and practicing all of these different um, religions and rituals and things like that. So um, promiscuity is not just about a sexual history. And so in some instance, a lot of us have been promiscuous. Um, some of us are even promiscuous, you know, with just like anything that we are, um, that we have given a commitment to, right? Sometimes we commit that we're going to do X, Y, and Z. A lot of times, New Year's, people have these New Year's resolutions. You make this commitment. You make this vow. You make this covenant with yourself. And then you don't do it. You don't hold up your end of the bargain. You don't fulfill your part of the agreement. And then you start doing all these other things. All these other distractions come into play. You find yourself all over the place. And so now you've been unfaithful to yourself. And so now we have been promiscuous because instead of us being committed to the one thing that we have vowed to do, we find ourselves being committed and doing everything else. So um, I don't want anybody to be discouraged if they feel like they can't relate to, you know, having um, a sexual past that is a little um, checkered or um, one they're not proud of or if they've been just promiscuous. You know, I'm going to be honest, me, myself, I have been in the past. Um, and you know, if you've listened to season one, you hear a lot of my story, um, but we're going to get into it a little deeper this, um, season, because I found that a lot of women have had the type of, um, past that I've had and even the experiences that led up to that, whether it's sexual trauma, sexual abuse, you know, incest, you know, um, just any form of, you know, rejection, abandonment, just all of these things, which opens the door, right. To, to now acting out in a physical way. And a lot of times that will be sexually. So yes, if that is you, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. This is a no judgment zone. We all in this together. Ain't nobody perfect. We ain't got no, nobody can cast the first stone because they without sin. Everybody have sin and fall short of the glory of God. So we welcome everybody here, Christians, non-Christians. It doesn't matter. Um, this podcast is about redefining our worth as women. It's all about wholeness. It's about freedom. It's about healing. And it's about finding the best version of you and loving you wholeheartedly, unapologetically. So we're going to get into it. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> I just wanted to put that disclaimer out because, you know, um, I know it can, you know, take people aback a little bit just hearing um, purity after promiscuity. But the part I really want to focus on is the second part of the title, which is called Redefining a Woman's Worth. This is what we do. This is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. And this is my process as well. This is what I'm going through as a woman. Um, I'm redefining my worth because so for so long, my worth was tied up in my past and 
the things that I did or who I was back then. And so I found myself feeling worthless. And so I made a lot of decisions and did a lot of things based on um, these, you know, this feeling of worthlessness. And um, it just led me down a path of destruction. And so I'm trying to now redefine my own worth. And I just feel like, you know what? I want to bring some of my sisters along with me because I know there's some somebody who can who can identify with feeling worthless or having low self-esteem and having a low um, self-perception. Right. Um, struggling with identity, struggling with, you know, feeling like you're whole and, you know, feeling like that you deserve love, that you deserve respect, you deserve honor, that you deserve good things in life. You know, a lot of us struggle with those things, especially women, because um, it's hard out here for us. You know, we society and people, they place a lot of judgment on women for our decisions, which is so interesting because men, they do a lot of things, you know, they can do so many things and it's like, it's just looked over. Um, people just, you know, turn a blind eye to it. It's like, it's normal, it's regular. But when it comes to a woman, you know, it's like we have so much pressure and society puts such a, um, hold us, help, try to hold us up to this type of standard that the moment that we don't meet, measure up, you know, we're, we're judged, you know, we're talked about, you know, we're called names, you know, we're, 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 you know, um, cast out, you know, we are now this or that, you know? And so it's like, it makes it difficult to be your true self because you got all these people who are trying to define who you are based on what they think they know or what they see. But we're here to break all that because it don't even matter what the people think, okay? Because they ain't got no heaven, no hell to put you in. It don't even matter what God says. And we already know that God says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the apple of his eye, his His own possession, his royal nation, his holy priesthood, you know, and you just got to, um, for Christians, you know, you got to really get in his word and you got to begin to to believe it. You know, you have to believe that his word is true, that despite of what anybody say, your parents, your your boyfriend, your husband, your whatever, it doesn't matter. Even what you tell yourself. A lot of us, you know, we 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 this self-destructive, you know, we talk bad to ourselves. We talk down to ourselves. I'm guilty. Um, and so it does all those things don't matter because at the end of the day, the only opinion that matters is what God says. But, you know, that's not always easy to walk out. So this is why um, I'm on the podcast is to help um, all of us to begin to walk that out. Right. And and to begin to take off these different layers and to take the mask off and stop trying to pretend we're somebody we're not or that we need to be somebody else because who we really are isn't good enough. Sis, you enough. You worthy. Just how you are. It don't matter. If you're broken right now, if you're struggling right now, if you're confused right now, if you just did something you wasn't proud of last night, this morning, none of that matters. That don't define you. You're still worthy. Okay, you matter. And God loves you. And I love you. And so, you know, we got to stop allowing labels, you know, and and other people's opinions to, to really um, define who we are. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to strip these labels off. We're going to walk in our new season. We're going to walk in our new beginnings and we're going to be free. We're going to be free from our past. We're going to be free from our mistakes. We're going to be free from the things that happened to us. We're going to be free from trauma. We're going to be free from abuse. We're going to be free from all the things that have been holding us back, holding us captive. 
um, preventing us from walking in our true identity as women of God. Um, and that's just beautiful, whole, healthy women, right? That's the goal, to be whole, healthy women here. So I just want to welcome you all once more to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. Hello. So yeah, um, it's been a lot going on in my life these last three months. I know I spoke um, in the first season about the transition, the move that I made, the leap of faith that I um, took by leaving, uprooting me and my children, leaving um, the only home I've ever known and moving across the country, right? Yes, I did that. Back in September, that is what we did. I thought, I believed in that moment. That was God's will for us. And so I took the leap. Scared but I did it anyway, right? And um, it didn't pan out the way I expected, y'all. Yo, listen, (laughs) I just knew we was about to just go and walk in this new beginning, this new season. I just knew things was about to take off. I just knew it was about to be just like the best, you know, experience ever. And it was just going to be like this, uh, just, just, whirlwind of just blessings and opportunities and doors opening and things are just gonna fall into place and work out and I just that was the expectation because I thought to myself well God if you're telling me to do this I know you got to have my back right yeah I know you about to just literally you about to show out in my life it's about to be on and um yo <laughs> nah nah sis that's not what happened it was terrible you know, and I, it wasn't all terrible. So let me not say that, but it did not go the way I expected. It went totally the opposite way. It was so frustrating. It was so uncomfortable. Doors were not opening. They were closing. You know, I was literally like crying all the time. I was literally like just wanting to give up. It was just like the craziest, most stressful time ever. Um, I even, um, so we, we initially went to Florida and then in October I flew to Texas. I was trying to buy a house cause I really wanted to live in Texas. I never wanted to be in Florida cause I didn't like Florida. Sorry if anybody's from Florida on here, Florida is beautiful, but I don't want to live there. Like I never did. It was like, it wasn't for me. So I already knew like Florida was just kind of to me like a pit stop. Like, oh, we just going to stop here. Cause it was like the it was the easiest place for us to get, you know? And, um, but I went to Texas because I felt in my spirit, I wanted, wanted to be in Texas. So I went to Texas, um, have a close friend. Excuse me, y'all. I made me a smoothie this morning. I'm gonna tell y'all about that in a minute, but it's so good. But have a friend out there. She opened up her home, welcomed me to come stay with her and her children. And, it was a blessing to be honest because I didn't have to buy a hotel. I ended up being there for almost a month, literally, like two days shy of 30 days. Um, so you know, I did have a good time and it was fun and I liked it, you know. And and I had never been to Houston, so it was like, oh my gosh, it was like such a new experience. Um, I got to see a lot of things and it was just like it was so it was it was just like a really, really good um opportunity, right, to be there. But I was there on a mission. I was there to find us a home to buy us a house. I had a pre-approval. I had two pre-approvals at that time. Did I have two? Or did I have one? I think I just had one when I initially went out there. And so I was like, okay, 
I'm coming to get a house, period. You couldn't have told me I was gonna leave Texas because my prayer, I kept praying. I had my um, people praying like that I'm not gonna leave Texas without my house and my husband. That was like, <laughs> that sound crazy, y'all, right? But that was what I was believing. And that's what I was saying. I was like, Lord, I do not wanna leave Houston, leave Texas, because I felt like if you wanted me to be in Houston, because I didn't want to be in Houston, I personally wanted to be in Dallas. But it was like, I went to Houston because I felt like I thought maybe that's where God wanted me to be. Again, it was a it was easier to go to Houston because I have a cousin there, I have a friend there, I have family there. And so I knew I could get around, you know, I knew I could have somewhere to stay. So, you know, and then I just kind of was like, prayed about it. And I was like, well, God, if you want me to be in Houston, I don't want to be in Houston. But if you want me to be there, I'll go there. So I was like, well, Lord, I'm going to put you to the test, not in a way to tempt God or anything like that. But, you know, the Bible say taste and see, you know, or he say prove me in this. Right. When he's um, talking about when you bring your tithing into the storehouses, he's like, prove me in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and part a blessing you don't have room to receive. So I felt like, OK, Lord, well, I'm doing this in obedience because I don't want to be in Houston for real. So since I'm going to humble myself and come to Houston anyway, because I feel like it's what you want, I'm just like, well, I'm going to just prove you to say, well, since I'm being obedient, Lord, I don't want to leave Houston without my house and my husband because I believe that's what his will was anyway. You know, I try not to ask God for things that I just wholeheartedly know is not in his will for me. So when I pray, normally it's because I believe that's something he he wants for me anyway. Because you, you can't, you know, barter or bargain with God. Like if it's something not in his will, he just ain't doing it. It's like, so that's a disclaimer for all of you guys who may be new to the faith or, you know, wonder why your prayers ain't being answered. Sometimes when we praying for things that's not in his will, it don't matter how much we pray. We could fast, we could speak in tongues. It don't matter. If it's not his will, he just ain't doing it because he just... Listen, he knows the plans, right? He knows the plans he has for us and he knows what's best. So, yeah, so that was my prayer. So I'm out there, you know, and I had a good time. My friend, she showed me a good time. We had fun. We laughed. We, they took me around. I seen a lot of things, a lot of beautiful homes. I seen so many homes that like my head started spinning with like just house after house after house. But no matter how hard I tried, it was like, A, the market is crazy. So many people looking at houses. Some of the houses would literally get sold within an hour after being out on the um, on the MLS or whatever. Um, it would be like eight. I, I put an um, offer in on a home and it was like 18 other offers. And so it, it just became frustrating. It was hard to even find a house in my um, budget, you know, in my um, price range that I even liked, you know, so that was the issue. And so it was like, I kept feeling like I would have had to go over budget. I would have to pay all this more money just to get a home. And it was just like, I kept vacillating between a resale and a new construction. And it was just so much. It was like, it became so frustrating, so disheartening. I was crying. I was so depressed one day. I just didn't even get out the bed. And I just kept I just couldn't understand like lord why why is it so hard like what is happening like why am i going through this like i did why you know what i mean like it, it was just like it was becoming to the point where i wanted to just give up because i'm like this shouldn't be like this and so i then i would pick myself up and i would worship and i would try to you know refresh myself and then i would get back out there and i did that and then finally it just got um like two and a half weeks in it was just like 
nothing i just nothing was just happening like no door was opening it was just like every time we went to look at a house or look at a new construction it was like oh, it was over budget it was way more than i had um was pre-approved for and and of course if you've ever bought a house or know anything about purchasing um the house that the bank is only gonna give you which are pre-approved for or really what the house appraises for right that's really what the bank so you could be pre-approved for amount but if the house don't appraise for that, the bank not going to give you that amount. They're only going to give you what the bank, what the house appraises for. And so if there's any cost above that, you pay out of pocket. So with having my pre-approval, every house that we looked at that I liked, it, it was um, outside of my price range. So I would have had to come up with the with the cash, you know, and sometimes it, could, it would be $100,000 and stuff. So it was just crazy. It was like, Lord, why would you do this to me? Why would you send me out here just to have me follow my face and just to feel like I'm being tormented? So it was just not a good experience. And so I ended up um, just throwing in the towel saying I want to give up. And I was just going to go back to Florida with my kids. Because was, that was another thing. I was gone away from my kids for a long time. I didn't expect that. I only really initially set out to be in Houston for seven days. and ended up being out there almost 30 days. And it was taking a toll on me. I missed my babies. And things wasn't working out. And it just was a disaster. And so long story short, I ended up... Um, letting my realtor I had at the time know like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I was going to go back to um, Florida. And then um, my cousin, um, she really convinced me to try again and try her realtor um, because she had a really awesome realtor. And um, she was like, you know, just try him. You know, you can't give up. Why would you, you know, try to be disobedient? You know, like you don't give up just because something hard and, you know, this and the third. And it really kind of you know, it got to me. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll try your realtor. And then that's it. I'm done. So I ended up getting with her realtor. Um, I spoke with him on a Monday, met him Tuesday at the first house to look at. Um, we looked at like five houses that day. And on Tuesday... Sorry, y'all, my phone rang, but yeah, so met with him on a Tuesday, saw five houses by Tuesday night, had two houses I wanted to put an offer on, and by Wednesday was putting an offer on a home, and um, went through that process, and they actually accepted a, a, another offer, all-cash offer, and then we were their option, so if that offer fell through, then they were taking our offer. Our offer would be number one. And a lot of things happen in between that, like, you know, meeting him, you know, he's a Christian, you know, we prayed together, you know, he was saying a lot of things that I had prayed about in my personal times. It felt like it was divine. It was like, like it, it and th th things were just happening so fast. It felt like favor was everywhere. Doors was opening. It was a whole different experience that I, that I was having with than what I was having with the other realtor. So I was like feeling like, okay, boom, maybe that's what it was. Maybe because my cousin had actually told me about her realtor three different times. And so I felt like, oh, maybe I was just being disobedient by going with my own realtor. And now that I've actually went with her realtor, maybe God was going to now, you know, he was going to let allow me to actually receive the blessing of purchasing a home. 
So things like I'm talking about, it was just amazing. Things were going by fast. It was so much favor. Doors was opening. We was praying together. We was believing worship. It was just like an amazing experience. It was like a whirlwind. I just knew this was it. My goodness. So boom, the other person, we stopped looking at homes. The other person, we got word that they offer fell through and we were the offer they were taking. Next thing you know, we under contract. Okay. I'm buying a house y'all. So boom, we in an options period. We do our inspections. Some things come up. I'm feeling like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because it was something like when I went to the house for the second time during the inspection, things were different, right? When I saw the house, it was like I saw it differently and it wasn't what I thought when I first, first saw it. And so I felt like, mm, I don't know. And then as I heard the inspector going through the things that he found, I really was getting discouraged. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And then it was just some things that with the house that I really didn't like. And I just started really having second thoughts. And so my realtor, he continued to encourage me that that's normal. It's a very emotional process. You know, a lot of times um, buyers go through those things. Don't worry about it. It's cool. It's fine. Everything will be fine. The stuff that's wrong ain't that major. You can do this. You can do that. But some just didn't still feel right. So, you know, we go through the inspection. I wanted to walk away at that point. And I didn't go with my first mind. But um, I ended up telling my realtor that and he was like, let's just wait to see what the seller say about the things that we wanted to um, have her do. And so, but yet still, I felt in my heart, like, I don't want to do this. This ain't the house for me. But I didn't stand up for myself, y'all. And that's another thing we're going to discuss here um, this season is really um, standing up for ourselves and saying no when we mean no, right? And not allowing people to talk us out of our truth. But anywho, so um, I, I just had I just had a really bad feeling. And so I went ahead and took his advice and I allowed us to stay in. So once option period is over, now you're really under contract. You can't back out. If you back out, you get no money back. So during options period, if you back out, you get your earnest money back. And so I had already paid the earnest money. I had already paid for the inspection, which the inspection is not refundable. Sorry, y'all. I'm just getting into this smoothie. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, so then I just kept going back and forth as with my realtor about how I felt like this wasn't a house. I felt I didn't have a good feeling about it. I feel like something off, something not right. I couldn't put my finger on it. And he just kept like trying to encourage me with the word and praying and, you know, just telling me, you know, just give it a chance that it's good, that everything is going to be fine. It's a blessing, you know, that he don't do things. You know, if he felt like something was wrong, he wouldn't allow me to do it. You know, did I trust him? And I did, you know, so, so it was just kind of like, I was then becoming confused, right? Because I'm like, am I just tripping? Am I now getting scared? Because this is like a major purchase. This is like the first purchase of my life that is like, really a big huge major purchase am i just feeling like nerves like what so but then feeling never went away i kept feeling like no i don't want to do this something off something off and i just kept telling him so we would go back and forth like every other day i was texting him like yo i don't want to do this this house is something right i don't want this this house gonna be a money pit it's gonna cost this it's gonna do that Cause it was like all this stuff was happening i couldn't get um homeowners barely because of some things that the house had when it was built and so homeowners insurance was going to be astronomical until i until i made different repairs and changed things out and i'm like man this is becoming more of a burden 
And I'm like, the Bible says, and I told him, I said, listen, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow to it. I'm like, well, I'm not feeling like this is making me rich and I don't, and I'm feeling a lot of sorrow. So to me, that's not a blessing because that's what I try to do. I try to measure things against the word of God, right? And I kept telling him it's not a blessing. So we went back and forth, went back and forth about it. But now I'm stuck with this house because the only way I could get out the house at this point was if it did not appraise for what they were asking, which I didn't think it Oh, this phone don't want to let me be great this morning. I keep, I got it on do not disturb, but for some reason, it's like somebody keep calling me and now it it, it is kicking me off the um, recording. So, you know, just bear with me y'all because we ain't going to stop because um, this is, you know, what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to get this podcast done and it's going to be great. So anywho, um, the only way I could get, could get out of the house was if it didn't approve. So she would have had to agree to the price if it didn't appraise for what she was asking. And if she didn't agree to the price, then I could walk away and still get my money back. Otherwise, um, if I would have walked away, I wouldn't have got my money back. So of course your girl like not trying to lose her money. Okay, that's not what we do. That's not what I'm into. So I ended up um, started to pray because I was feeling so heavy. I was so burdened. I was being like, I had no peace. I was like literally like feeling like this was like about to be a disaster. So I started, I prayed. It was a Sunday night and I prayed and prayed and prayed. Mind you, we like two weeks away from closing. Two weeks. They had already ordered the appraisal. The appraisal was like the following Monday. And I was like, okay, God, please. And I just had to go back and think about this whole scenario, the whole situation, how how in September I took this leap. I believed it was God and all of the all of the um, events that has transpired since then. Right. And when I looked back at it, I'm like, none of this look like you, Lord. Why is that? So I had to really take a strong look at myself and be like, Nelly, you you did this. This ain't God. See, because I think a lot of times when we in a situation and we things are going, you know, the opposite of what we expect or we're experiencing a lot of more challenges and difficulty and nothing is going happening. I'm talking about no doors. Every door was shutting. Right. Or things was just being like a burden or it was just being just very difficult. Right. That we want to blame God. We want to blame God and we want to um, be angry at him and, you know, just want to just put all of the blame on him. But really, I had to get to the place where I had to be like, okay, listen, what what's really going on? And truth be told, the, the, the reality was I made that choice. If I'm honest, I made the choice to want to get up and move because I was so ready to be out of the house I had lived in. I had lived in the house I was in for like 13 and a half years. It was the only house I had ever lived in. But honestly, I was ready to leave the city, the, the state. I wanted to relocate. I wanted to live out of, out of town. That was something I had desired. That was something I wanted. And I had been preparing to leave and move out of state for like over a year. So when I 
when God, when I believe God said to me in August to put in my 30 day notice for the house, I assumed that that meant that I was going to be able to now relocate because it was my time to, to move. But what I didn't do is really, really um, seek God on what, what this really looked like for him. Like what was his plan? Because I had already had an, a desire, right? I had a desire. So even when I did pray, because I didn't pray to, to seek God for wisdom, I didn't pray with an open mind. I didn't pray really wanting to hear what God had to say. I prayed with having the expectation that God was just going to do what it was that I desired, which was that was for me to move, relocate, and go to Texas. So when I started trying to go to Texas initially and, I, and it wouldn't work out, that's how I ended up in Florida because it's like the door opened for Florida, but it, it didn't open for Texas at that time. So I felt like, okay, I really was reluctant about going to Florida and I was reluctant to go to Florida how I got to Florida. We'll go into that another time. But um, I just kept questioning it, to be honest. And see, those are red flags. Those are things that we need to pay attention to. Um, but I kept questioning it. and But I didn't question it enough. So I ignored it and we ended up in Florida. But I just made the choice because it was something I wanted. It was what I wanted. And truth be told, it wasn't God's will. It was God's will for us to move out of that house. It was our time. Our season there was up. We had been there 13 and a half years. And God was preparing me to move, but it wasn't for me to move across the country. It was for me to move to another home. <laughs> Y'all, I can't make this up. So here I am in um, the beginning of December, just crying, bawling, begging God to get me out of this, to give me a way of escape, repenting, confessing that it was me, that I made the decision, that I acted on my own, that I had a desire, I acted on it, I was trying to control things, do things my way, you name it. I was like on my face because I was so desperate because I knew that if I would have got into that house, I would have regretted it. And it was, it was a major, major purchase. It was going to be for a lot of money. And I just was like, Lord, please, I'm so sorry. I had to really humble myself, y'all. And I was bawling, snotting, crying, begging God to just please just to forgive me and get me out of that thing. I can't even make it up, y'all. <laughs> the next day, this was Sunday night. That next day, Monday, at like 6 o'clock in the evening, I get a phone call from the lender. I'm at the grocery store with my sons. It's the week of Thanksgiving. So I'm getting stuff for, you know, for our dinner. And uh, I get the phone call from the lender. And he tells me that uh, they were having problems with my loan and they couldn't um, get me funded. Y'all, I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, thank you so much. Because once once that happens, once your loan falls through, that's not your fault. Then you're done. You're out of the house. Like, you're done. Because you can't get, you, you can't pay for it. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't about to pay cash. Like, I wasn't doing that. So it was like, yo, thank you, Lord. So I was excited, but then I had to turn to tell my kids and they were so disappointed. And that's what was hard just to see the look on their faces, the disappointment on their face, because they were excited for us to have our own home, for us to move, because we were like not living in good conditions, y'all. We was living with someone and it was like they had a one bedroom house. It was really tiny. It was no room. It was me and my three kids. And, and then I sent one kid back to Ohio, my oldest son, but then I had the two kids and I'm sleeping on a piece of a couch. One kid sleeping on the floor, the other kid sleeping in a recliner. It's just crazy. It was just very, very, very uncomfortable. So we were not in the best condition, in the best situation. So they were really looking forward to 
being in this new house, they had looked at it online a bunch of times, you know, we was just excited. So that was really this, you know, it broke my heart a little bit to see them, but I assured them that God, you know, had something for us and we would be fine. So they were cool, but I was happy. Okay. Like who has? So I was so happy because I knew that was my answer prayer. I knew that was my way of escape. So I took it, I called my uh, realtor and I let them know, hey, they can't get me funded. They saying they having this issue, that issue, what they thought, it wasn't what they thought and they tried, they've been trying to blah, blah, blah. But long story short, you know, hey, they can't get me funded, so I can't get the house. So he still was trying to find a way to get me funded, for me to get the house, see if I wanted to pay cash. I was like, absolutely not. Even if I could have got funded from a different lender, the, the fact of the matter is I asked God to give me a way of escape um, to open a door for me to get, walk out of this deal because I knew it wasn't the right one. And um, I wasn't about to go back and spit in God's face and just try to another way. No, I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Like, I don't want the house. I wouldn't offer them anything. I wouldn't pay cash for any of it. And I'm done with it. So, you know, he had to go and he had to let the um, seller's agent know. And I got out the deal. I got all my money back. I got, well, I didn't get the money back from the inspection because that's just not refundable. But um, I got my earnest money back and also the money I had to pay for the resale certificate, which was um, because this house had an HOA. I had to buy the resale certificate, which is the history of the home and all of the, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, just like all the paperwork about, you know, the terms of the HOA and blah, blah, blah. And that costed a couple hundred dollars. So, um, and they said that was actually non-refundable too, but you know, when, when, when God on your side, when you finally humble yourself and you actually get in alignment with his will, you know, Hey, favor ain't fair. So I ended up getting my, my money back. So, you know, all is well. So yeah, that's what I've been going through. So yeah, so all that happened and then I was back at square one trying to figure out where me and the boys gonna live. We need a house, right? That's that's the essential. You need a roof. So I started trying to find us a place in Florida. Didn't want to be in Florida. So I really had mixed feelings about it. So I'm like, Lord, why? Like, why do you want me to be? I don't like it here. I don't want to be here. I never... Like we, we went to the beach, we went to places, we went to restaurants. It was fun. It was beautiful. We used to go to this trail. That was the most beautiful place I've ever seen, y'all. I got pictures. Um, it, it was remarkable. But I still didn't want to live there. But I again, was like, I'm going to humble myself, God. If you want me in Florida, fine. Just open a door for us to get our home. So then I started trying to rent a place. Because I'm like, okay, clearly, this ain't my season to purchase a home, right? So I'm like, okay, fine. I want to rent. Long story short, uh, didn't work out. I tried, I filled the applications. I had to put down whole money with one application. I, I looked at many, many, many houses and it just wasn't connecting. Things was not connecting. So now I'm frustrated again. I'm like, this don't make no sense. Lord, I'm here. You know, we already here. I, I believe you didn't want us to go to Texas. I, I, I humbled myself. I'm like, now nah, I'm humbling myself to stay here because I believe you said we're just be here but now we can't even get a place like in where we live it's just not suitable we're we're uncomfortable we're frustrated we don't even our stuff is just sitting in storage we got a 
we have a literal storage full of brand new furniture, a bedroom sets, everything you could think of. Because I had just fully furnished my home in um in the in the, in our old city right before we left. So that stuff was not but a couple months old. While we're staying somewhere that is just like totally um just not what we were used to. And so I was like, this don't make no sense. So I just got to the place where I was frustrated again, y'all. I had no peace. I was I was just like uncomfortable. Like I'm crying again. I'm like going to the Lord. I'm praying. I'm really seeking God. I'm like, Lord, please. I started, we started going to church and um had an amazing time. Um had an amazing time at church, but um, it was just to the place where I'm like, Lord, something got to give. What is it? What is the problem now? And again, I had to get to have the revelation like, yo, I'm still out of order. I was still out of order. I was still out of God's will. It was never his will for me to be nowhere else other than the same city and state I was in. It was me. It was me moving ahead of God. It was me wanting to do things my own way and in my timing. It was me trying to control my own life trying to be my own God, do things my own way. And so I had to humble myself again. And I had to say, God, I'm, I want to go home. And all this time, I kept saying, I'm no matter what, I'm not going back to Ohio. I kept saying that to myself when I first, first got to Florida. I was like, no matter how difficult it is, I'm not going back. Because I knew even when things are God's will, it can still come with challenges and opposition. But at some point, there should be some grace, right? You should see, you know, some doors open. Things should start working out. But um, it was to the place where I was like, I got to go home. I want, I'm ready to go home. Because my son was due to come back to Ohio for, for winter break. I was sending him, but I wasn't going to come initially. But it got to the point where I just started praying, 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 seeking God. And God said, go, go back, go back go back. So I ended up really making that, hearing that confirm, confirmation on a Friday call. And um, I think, did I call U-Haul and schedule the U-Haul Friday, that Friday? And then that Saturday, I went and did a change of address. And then I found uh, movers because I needed a moving company to get all our stuff out of storage to put it on the U-Haul. And then um, that Monday, me and my sons, we left. <laughs> we got on the road. I was driving a 26-foot U-Haul, and I was hauling my SUV on the back of it. So it was like driving a train or a semi. I had never in my life drove a truck that big or hauled anything, so it was scary. So I had to pray, 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 like, Lord, if this your will, you got to help me. You got to help me do it. You got to give me the skills. But things really started working out really quickly. So that's how we were able to leave so fast, because things just was working out. I was having favor. But we drove, I drove me and my sons across the country, just us from Florida to back to Ohio, y'all. When I say that was a hard drive. And then the route that it brought me, it brought me 95 to 77. And if anybody know um, about like 95, you know, coming from the South, that's taking you through, um, you know, Georgia, then through South Carolina, North, um, then um, Virginia, West Virginia. And when you get to Virginia, West Virginia, it is so many mountains, so many high bridges, so many curves. It's so dark. Because, you know, obviously it gets dark early now. So it was getting dark at like 6 o'clock. It was looking like it was midnight. It was crazy. I was scared because I don't do heights. And being up in the mountains and stuff, driving this huge U-Haul, hauling my car. It's only like two a two-lane 
um, road and cars are driving fast and you know, I can't see, it's winding, it was crazy. But we made it, hey! <laughs> so we literally got back, cause we stopped in Georgia the first night, like Monday night, we drove, I think I drove maybe like five, six hours. And then we were just like ready to stop. So we went to a hotel, a great hotel. We had, it was so nice and clean and new and um, had, and the people were nice. And we went to and stayed at a hotel and everything. Regroup, got up the next morning and we got back on the road. So we got to Ohio Tuesday night about 11 something, almost midnight. And so, um, yeah, like, so we made it. Everything was fine. We had no issues. One time I did need somebody to help direct me to come out of the gas station. Cause when you are driving a big truck and hauling something, there's just a certain way you have to drive in certain ways you can, can go and can't go. So it's just like a lot of that kind of thing. So I did need help once, but overall it was a great experience. I did good, but it was so hard. That was like, it's a hard truck to drive for that many hours but god was with me y'all we did it me and my boys and you know we were so happy to get back and we were here we were here in ohio we got back on the 15th basically because it was almost midnight and at midnight it turned december 15th so we technically got here on the 14th it turned the 15th not too long after we got here we left we moved out of our house so interesting y'all on September 15th, literally two days before my birthday. On the 15th of September, we left. On the 15th of December, we were back. Three months to the day, y'all. I can't make it up. We were back in Ohio. And we were here in Ohio less than one week. And we got a house. Less than one week, we got a house. We got a beautiful house. And, and, and how I even came like across the house is just just so just nothing but God it's just I just give him all the glory because one thing I can say as we're redefining our worth we got to start being honest with ourselves you know we got to take responsibility for the choices and decisions we did make right now sometimes things are out of our control sometimes things are you know a result of something else or someone else but sometimes it's us sometimes we the problem sometimes we just make bad decisions Sometimes we just want something so bad and we just willing to do whatever it is to get it, right? And then when it don't work out, we want to blame everybody else, even God. And we don't take ownership of the fact that I got myself here. And no, that's not the situation for, that's not always going to be the the, 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 the circumstances because sometimes things happen to us. We have no control over that. But there are a lot of things that we do in life and decisions we make that we just make. And that's the biggest thing that I learned, y'all, that even as we're redefining our worth and as we're walking out in our freedom, that it takes uh, a person to who, to be truly um, humble, right? And you have to be truly secure in, a, um, in your relationship with God if you are a Christian or just secure in your yourself to say that, hey, I made a bad choice. Hey, I got myself in this. Hey, this ain't this ain't panning out the way I thought, and maybe there's maybe there's something I did to get me here. But once I did that, 
Once I, once I, because I, I felt, I, y'all, I felt so secure enough that I was safe being vulnerable with God, that I was safe being vulnerable and, and I could be open and transparent with him and that he wasn't going to bash me, right? And he wasn't going to talk about me. He wasn't going to throw it up in my face and he wasn't going to hold it against me like we know human beings can, but that he was going to, you know, just um, lovingly, you know, accept me because that's how he is. Um, and so anybody who don't know him, I would say, you know, try, you know, try him to see not based on what you hear other people say or, you know, what what other people's opinions are, but try and see for yourself because God is a loving God and he's gracious. And I'm, I'm here as a witness to say when you humble yourself and you really, really get to a place where you're willing to bear it all in front of him and to be honest with him yourself, because he already know, like you're not telling him nothing. He don't know. He know everything already, but he want us to feel so safe with him that we can come being completely transparent and naked and he'll come, then he'll pick up the pieces, right? So yo, like it was just so crazy how I even found the house. I This house... The house wasn't even on a site that I even be using, y'all. I wasn't. I would have never seen this house because it never was on the sites that I was using. I had already started filling out applications. I had already looked at other homes, and actually, I was getting a lot, a lot of calls. I had like four different um, people call me back, like, "Hey, we're really considering you." Blah blah blah, and it was like, "What?" That was so. That was so new because I went from hearing no 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 and not even being able to get in the door or anything to hey i really you know we're really considering you the you, or if you want the house let us know you know and it was like what this is crazy right and so ended up coming across this house just on a humbug like randomly i'm just scrolling and all of a sudden this house the day this house came on the market literally i just was scrolling looking at a whole different house y'all it just came upon this one. And when I clicked on it, it said this house, this was on a Monday. It said this house was going to have an open house that Wednesday. The house was so nice. It was so nice and beautiful that I knew if I would have waited to Wednesday to the open house, it was going to be too many other people there. So I, something told me to just try to find the realtor's information because it had her name, but it didn't really have her number. So I ended up having to Google and find her number. I called this realtor and she answered the phone. And I explained to her my situation, how we had nowhere to stay. We had just came back. Our stuff was in a U-Haul still, because it was. And we really needed somewhere to stay, and this and this and that. And she was like, well, do you want to see the house today? This was, th this, this was that day. The house just came on the market that day. So I said, yes. Yeah. So I ended up meeting her that evening. I was the first and only person to see this house, y'all. And she was like, you know what? Why don't I'm gonna send you the link for you to fill out the application for us to start the process? I'm you know, and this is gonna be your house. She was like, and I'm gonna cancel the open house because I ain't want to do it anyway. I'm like, what? So by Tuesday, it was my house, y'all. And that following Monday, me and my babies moved into our new home that quick, that fast. God's favor, the door opened just like that. It happened, it was just, it was just, a, it was just, it was like mind blowing, right. After experiencing all of this this turbulence and turmoil these last three months to come back to the place that I was running from, because y'all gotta remember I didn't even want to be here. I wanted I was running. I didn't want to be here. 
I, w I didn't want to be around my family. I didn't want to be around the the experiences I had in, you know, in the recent past. I didn't want the triggers and reminders of the relationship I was in and the things that I had gone through. So I really just wanted to not even be in this in this environment, in this city, period. But now I'm back in the very place I didn't want to be from the very place I was running. And now I got blessed because sometimes we're running. And that's something else that I really want to hone in on right now before I end the podcast today is as we're redefining our worth, we got to start recognizing the areas or the things or the circumstances, situations that we're running from. Because see, we think by changing environments, changing spaces, changing jobs, changing relationships, changing things like the outward circumstance is going to somehow um, remedy the issue, but it doesn't. Because the issue going to follow you. Some things you just got to stand 10 toes down and you got to face it, right? You can't run from it. Just like your past, you can't run from it. You got to face it. You got to deal with it. You got to heal from it, right? You got you to gotta accept the fact that it is what it is and you can't change it. But it still doesn't define who you are. So I want to leave you guys with this. A, as we're redefining our worth, I want us to stay humble, I want us to remain humble that even if we make a mistake and even if we get off course, that we can always get back, right? Because I said to myself, Lord, if you if I got to go back, I'm going back and I don't care what anybody will have to say because people knew I moved. They knew I left, all that. And you know how people be is. They're going to talk. Oh, now she back. Dang, she was ain't going but three months. Dang, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. They can talk. I don't care because I would rather come back and be in God's grace and in his will than to be trying to prove myself to other people or so they don't they don't think that I fail because who cares what they think right so I came back and it didn't matter to me so we got to get to a place where we're able to humble ourselves to be honest with ourselves I had to be honest with me and then be honest with God to say this is my fault I got us here I got me and my babies here God get me out because I couldn't get myself out, right? So I had to be humble and I had to be honest. And then, you know, I had to get to a place where I was able to discern what what was real versus, you know, what was really God's word versus what was Janelle's word, right? And the difference, right? Especially as a Christian. And again, if you're not a Christian, it's okay. You still can struggle with trying to discern what choices to make, what, what, what path to take, right? And really trying to discern what's the best path, right? For us Christians, that, that answer needs to flow from God because he is the one who directs our paths. But sometimes we, we, we get off course, but even when we get off course, we can always come back and you don't have to stay you don't have to stay far. You don't have to stay out there. You don't have to stay, you know, in the midst of your mess just because you made the choice. God's not like that. He's going to accept you when you come to him. And so I just wanted to say, as we're redefining our worth, we want to walk in humility. We want to walk in honesty, right? With ourselves and, and stop trying to pretend and create lives that we think we need that's going to make us feel better about ourselves because to be truthful I just wanted to do something different and to get away and to start over and start a new life because I just didn't like the life I had because I wanted to have a different life I wanted to be somebody else I didn't like who I was and 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 the life that that I was living so I, I chose to run and I found out that I was a runner that when things get 
difficult or challenging or don't go the way that I expect or when things are not um, what I desire or, or, you know, I run because instead of me dealing with it, instead of me really um, allowing myself to go through it, right, and, and to conquer whatever the giant is or to deal with the issue and to find a resolve and, and to overcome, I choose to run. So in this season, right, we really want to get serious about learning ourselves and, and, and identify those things that are hindering us from walking in our freedom, walking in our worth, walking in our healing, walking in our wholeness. Like I discovered so many things about myself through this experience that I probably wouldn't have, or maybe I would have, I can't say, but I don't count it all a loss because I learned so many things and I'm able to come out on the other side better and stronger and I'm more in tune with with my with my hiccups and my hangups, right? My issues, the things that my patterns, you know, that that are hindering me and not allowing me to go forward in redefining my work. And so I just wanted to leave you guys with that today to say, "Hey, it's not over. You you always have the opportunity to start over and to come back, right? Um, just like the prodigal son, you know, he took all his inheritance and he squandered it. He left, he went out, he went to different cities, you know, he was with laying with prostitutes, he was spending his money, he was living it up, chopping it up. Then next thing you know, he where he at, he's, he's laying and he's, he's sleeping with the pigs. And in Jewish culture, pigs are some of the most unclean animals. They don't even like, you know, being around pigs is like, like that was taboo, right? You can't like, you don't let alone eating with the pigs. Like he's eating like out of the trough. And we all know pigs physically are just nasty. They're just disgusting. And so he, but he's sleeping and eating with these pigs. He got to the lowest point And then he, he thought to himself, wow, even the servants in my father's house have a bed. They even have a bed to sleep in. They even have a place. They even, you know, can eat. They eat at the table, right? So he had to recognize he was even in a place lower than than the workers that worked for his father. So that's when he had to get to his come, what we call a come to Jesus moment. He had to humble himself and he had to go back. And when he went back, his father was waiting on him with open arms. That's how God is. No matter how far off course we get, he's waiting on us with open arms. He wants us to redefine our worth. He wants us to find our identity. He wants us to walk in healing and wholeness, right? But sometimes we're just afraid to go back. Because we think he's mad. We think we made too many mistakes. We're too dirty. But no, because see, he, he has the ability to wash us, right? So the prodigal son goes home and the father's so happy. He he give him a, you know, he give him like a ring and they throw a, a, a feast, a celebration for him because he's like, my son was dead. But, you know, he was like, he's like, my son was dead, but now he's alive. Right. Because he understood like that. Now he came back. He he was ready. Sometimes God allow us to go off course because we got to see for ourselves. We got to bump our own head. We got to see what it's like. But then when we get to that lowest point, because I was at a low point, then we're ready. Now God is like, okay, now I can work with you. Okay, now I can help you. Okay, because sometimes we are, we're human. We are hard-headed. I'm hard-headed. You know, we stiff neck, and we just want to do things our own way. We think we know best. And God is like, okay, I'm going to just wait here. When you're ready, you come back and I'm going to clean you up. You know, I'm going to accept you. I'm going to love you. And and then I'm going to, you know, just 
help you. I'm going to help get you together and, you know, then all will be well, right? And and so I want to leave us with that, that even as we define our words, right, we really got to start um, doing a lot of more um, self-introspection um, and being honest with ourselves, right? And truly really dealing with those those uncomfortable areas, those difficult areas, those areas that we rather not, right? Those issues we have, those patterns, right? That pattern of bad decision-making, that pattern of impulsivity, that pattern of, you know, just being indecisive, you know, that pattern, those patterns we have that are really destructive, that are preventing us from walking in our um, in our worth. So we just want to get to that place where we're walking in total freedom this season. And so I just want to leave you all with that. I know I said a lot. This is a probably a longer episode, but it's the first episode of the new season. So I hope you guys listen to the end because um, it'll bless you, hopefully, and that you can understand that we all, you know, we all like get off course at times and make mistakes. But the, the the redemption is what's the what's really the the beauty in it because being able to be back in right standing right again I'm I'm so excited and happy I'm in a beautiful home I mean I prayed and asked God y'all I just gotta say this because I just gotta give God all the glory y'all I'm not gonna you know apologize for it um, because He deserves it because it's not me okay um, I specifically asked God for certain things like in the house in the neighborhood, in the community. I asked for a house that was in a good community, a safe community, a community, a family-oriented community with a lot of kids, Um, you know, a place where, you know, where um, it's just surrounded, you know, by good people, um, that it was up, fully updated, remodeled, that it had stainless steel appliances, that, you know, it had more than one bathroom, you know, that I could have an office. Like, I just, I mean, I'm talking about specific things, right? Like, even little details that you would think, like, girl, why? That don't even matter, right? But when I tell you God blew my mind in this house, is that and more? Um, <laughs> I can't even, I, y'all, it's still surreal. You know, it's still surreal living here. It's still surreal. Like, wow, I'm, I'm living in the, the answer prayer and the manifestation of God's goodness. Um, and it took for me to humble myself. It took for me to be honest with myself. It took for me to take responsibility, right? And to be willing to come back to the very place that I was running from. Sometimes we just got to deal with that thing, right? We got to deal with the with, with those family drama, with that family drama. <laughs> we got to deal with, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. You know, we can't run from it, right? I was, I tried it, it didn't work out. Um, so yeah, I just, I just got to say that y'all, like no matter how far you think you didn't gone, no matter what, how many wrong decisions, wrong turns you made, don't matter. You can always come back to the father's arms. Trust me. And he will still bless you. He's not going to hold it up and hold it against you. He's still going to give you and do what he said he would do. But sometimes we just got to get in position. You know, the worst thing is when we, when God's ready to bless us and then all of a sudden we get out of position by making a bad choice, by trying to go in a different direction, by trying to do things our own way. And now we're not in position. It's never that God don't want to bless us. Sometimes we just out of position because we got to check our own desires, right? It was just my desire. I wanted to move. I wanted to be away from my family, be away from this place, this environment. I've been here all my life and I wanted to be in Texas. That was just my desire. That don't even mean it was God's will for my life. It just means it's my desire. 
And so you got to be able to discern, right, between what's what's real and what's not or what's truth and what's not and be able to then walk in, um, walk that out. Right. And and it's OK when you make a mistake because we're human, but just don't get caught up. Right. Don't get caught up in that mistake. Just know that there's um, there's redemption and there's restoration waiting for you. And so I want to leave that with all my queens. I want to leave you with knowing that there's always restoration, no matter how bad you think your life is or life was or circumstance or your, you know, your experience, your trauma, it don't matter. There's always redemption. There's always restoration. And that's what we're going to walk in this year as we're redefining our worth. So we thank you for listening in. Again, I know this one was a little lengthy. Bear with me. Had a couple of interruptions with the phone ringing and it was kicking me out the um, recording. But, you know, um, God is good. And I just pray that this is a blessing to you, that you get something out of it, that it is it, it is giving you clarity or whatever it is you need to help you begin to redefine your worth here in 2022 and for the rest of your life. Hey, Queens, I just want to thank you guys for rocking with me um, on this journey on the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we're redefining a woman's worth. Again, I know this episode is probably lengthy, um, but I had a lot to say. I missed you guys. I've been gone for almost three months and a lot has happened. So uh, please forgive me. But I just, again, want to say um, we're re- we're really going to redefine our worth this season. Like, I hope you guys are ready. Like, this is not, we're not going to play no games. We're coming for our worth. We're coming for our healing. We're coming for our wholeness, right? We're coming for it. Like, we're not accepting anything less. We're not negotiating with our past. We're not negotiating with these um, self-destructive thoughts. None of that. We come in for our worth period. We're walking in freedom in 2022 and for the rest of the duration of our life. This ain't going to be a year or a season thing. This is going to be a life thing. So I hope you guys are ready as we about to get into it and we, you know, and we going to do this thing for real. So um, I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Again, if you want to connect with me, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Janelle Renee underscore one. I think that's it. Sorry, guys. I got to do better with social media. And then I'm um, just recently on Facebook at Janelle Wolf, um, J-A-N-E-L-L-W-O-L-F-E. For some reason, Facebook won't let me be great and spell my name right because you don't spell it. J-A-N-E-L-L. It's the E at the end. However, whatever. Um, if you want to connect with me, because I know on certain platforms um, that you can listen to the podcast on, you can't leave a comment. Um, so again, I'm always, um, willing and available to listen to you guys. If you have a prayer request, have a question, whatever it is, you can always DM me, hit me up and I will reach back out. So yeah. So, um, I just always want to leave you guys with our quote that your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy. 